Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. When we say Super Saturday, we are not kidding. What a day of track action we've had so far. And we are nowhere near finished here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Uh, coming up next, IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship for the Mortal Corsa de Monterey, powered by Hyundai. It's qualifying. It'll be the GT cars uh, coming up in just a few moments' time. It's the usual script, quick fire qualifying. You know what it's like. We're live in sound and vision in just under 30 seconds time. So if you've got the bandwidth and you want to watch, whether you're in the US or further afield, time to go to imsa.tv or imsaradio.com. Click the menu button on the top left and select live video. Let's go qualifying. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Welcome to our qualifying sessions for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. A beautiful WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, just uh, off the coast on the Monterey Peninsula. Beautiful part of the world to come at any time of year. It is particularly lovely today. 25 Celsius in the air. Uh, that is 77 Fahrenheit. A toasty 44 Celsius for our Michelin tyres on the track. That's, that's Nelson. 111 Fahrenheit. The left coast is the best coast. That's what people around here tell us. Uh, this circuit has been an absolute star down through the years. And when you've got the history that this place has, when you've got a corner called Andretti Hairpin and the Rahal Strait and Rainy Curve, then you know that you're in the presence of greatness. The dry lake, the Laguna Seca, is right in the middle of the track. The old circuit used to go from turn two up to turn five, but the infield loop was put in many years ago and has made for a very interesting overtaking point at Turn 2, also potentially at Turn 5. New tarmac off the edges of Turn 5 and Turn 6, also coming down through Rainy at Turn 9, uh, and into that tighter right-hander at Turn number 10. Let's head straight down to Shea Adam, who's enjoying the beautiful weather, as many of you are here uh, at the circuit. Uh, good afternoon to you, Shay, and welcome along to the broadcast. What can you tell us about the drivers for GTD and GTD Pro? 
Good afternoon, John. I can tell you we have a plethora of excellent qualifiers to come for this session. Uh, let's start with the Lexuses. I'm going to go from the pit out end of things. The 14 Lexus is being qualified by Jack Hawksworth. The sister car, the number 12, which is a GTD, will be qualified by Frank Montecalvo. As far as the 79 WeatherTech Racing Mercedes is concerned, Danny Gingadea put in the fastest time of the race last year. He's going to see if he can do it in qualifying. We've got Jordan Taylor, a guy who's been on pole here a few times, taking the honors for Corvette Racing in the number three. And Klaus Backler, newbie to WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, is qualifying for FAF Motorsport in their Porsche. Continuing on in GTD Pro, we've got the 23 Heart of Racing Aston Martin. Alex Ruberis put the car on pole in that livery, but a different brand. Back in 2016, went on to win the race. He's going to see if he can do that again today. The sister car, the number 27, is being qualified by Roman DeAngelis. Points leader in GTD is Paul Miller Racing. And once again, as it has been in every session so far this year, Madison Snow taking up the honors for qualifying that car. The number seven, Inception Racing Car. That is Brendan Areeb, who is doing qualifying duties for them. For Turner and Tacos, because they're taco hunting today in Northern California, it is Patrick Gallagher, a guy who's won here many times before in Mazda competition, driving an MX-5 Cup car. He's going out for qualifying. And the sister car, the number 97, that is going to be Chandler Hall behind the wheel for the qualifying session. And then I've made it all the way down at least to the 66 because I was curious. We heard from Catherine Lake earlier on that the JG Wentworth Acura from Gradient Racing might just mix up the plants. Now it's Gina Monk who's qualifying for them. And in the number 32, the Cawthorpe Mercedes, that is once again Mike Skeen. I cannot see a bright yellow helmet behind the wheel of the number 77. I actually see a dark helmet. So that would be Alan Bryn Yolfsen qualifying for the Wright Motorsport Porsche. And in the number 78, this Lamborghini was the fastest car in the last practice session. It's Misha Goikberg taking qualifying duties for them. Thank you, Cher, and well done in that uh, impromptu pit walk. Jeremy Shaw, as ever, joins me in the IMSA Global Broadcast Centre for one of my favourite sessions of the weekend outside of, of racing, to be honest. I really like these short, sharp qualifying sessions. And on a track, with a, this is our first two-hour, 40-minute race, a standard in inverted commas, uh, race of the season. On a track where there's only a couple of places to pass, qualifying takes on uh, an even more important role here, Jeremy, and, and how the guys use their tyres in these qualifying sessions even more so. Yeah, that's exactly right, because this place is hard on tyres. It is a great racetrack, and yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. I love these qualifying sessions. It's, we can First of all, we can concentrate on one class at a time, yes. which I like. Yes. Uh, and secondly, get out there, do it. Don't just talk about it. Go do it. That's that's what qualifying is all about. And uh, yeah, they've they've had uh, two days of of, uh, of practice to get ready for this. There goes the green flag. Now it'll be 15 minutes then for both of the GTD classes, pro and non-pro. And John, this is going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be excellent. I, I I honestly I can't wait for it. Uh, don't expect to see a one and done uh, style effort. Uh, on uh, from these cars uh, it'll probably take well it we saw a number of them burning up a set of uh, of michelin tires in the the free practice session earlier on didn't we and it took probably two laps before they felt comfortable to go for a quick lap and after that they probably had two laps possibly three uh, and that that was that was the best performance out of the tires on on this surface jeremy yeah, I agree. You know, laps, laps three or four should be the, the real hot ticket, I think. If you can get it done then, 
uh, all credit to you because I think the tyres are then absolutely at their best. I mean, the tyres are pretty darn good. I mean, they'll, they'll hang in there certainly and you can turn some pretty good laps, but that's when the tyres are absolutely in their sweet spot. And if you can, that's when you need to nail it, get your best lap in, no mistakes, clean. Uh, you've done your homework, you're ready to go. Now, it, now, now it's time. Well, let's just uh, see what the tactics are. There will be over 20 cars out. So the GTD Pros and the GTDs. No difference in the cars, by the way. Uh, it is only the makeup of the driving squads that decides whether it is GTD or GTD Pro. Generally speaking, the GTD Pros have a, an element of factory support, manufacturer support in that. I said generally speaking, it's not always uh, the case, but it does mean that you can have more experienced drivers in the GTD Pro category. In fact, the whole point is you can have three uh, Pro drivers, fully Pro drivers, whereas in GTD, you have to have uh, a non-Pro driver in your squad. So, thanks to the tracker, which is uh, lifetiming.alchemelsystems.com forward slash IMSA forward slash positioning, um, I can see that we've got a reasonable spread of cars. They haven't all gone out one behind the other, as we saw a bit earlier on for Pilot Challenge, which I did think was quite interesting. And now we've got to see how the tyres react to what is the hottest track temperature that we've seen all day. 44 Celsius is 111 Fahrenheit. Once you start to get up to the mid 40s and beyond, it becomes far more difficult to accurately decide what the starting pressures of your Michelin tyres need to be. They will heat up, of course, as you put energy into them, as you accelerate and brake, and particularly when you lean on them through the corners. So you've got to get that right. If you under-pressure them, it'll take too long to get them to the right temperature and therefore into the right performance window. If you over-pressurise them, they'll come up too quickly and they'll go off too quickly as well. That is the black art, pun absolutely intended, of being a tyre engineer and Michelin have some of the best in the world, assigned to the teams here in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. What sort of uh, qualifying times should we be looking for, Jeremy Shaw? Yeah, well, last year's uh, pole position in uh, it was, was taken by Matthew Jaminet in pro class at 123.1. Russell Ward was fastest in non-pro at 23.5. The, uh, those are also the lap records for qualifying. Uh, the fastest lap we've seen so far in the two practice sessions was set by uh, Loris Spinelli in the Forte Racing powered by US Racetronics, number 78 Lamborghini, 124.1. So about a half a second off the, uh, the, the fastest time for, for, for non-pro, second off the time for, for pro like from last year. But in terms of race pace, the fastest lap last year was a 24.4. That was the Danny Winkadela in Mercedes, 24.4. So uh, we're looking for, it's pretty warm this afternoon, isn't it? It's certainly heated up considerably from this morning. So I would think uh, maybe high 23s, 
would look be would be would be a pretty good lap. Okay. See what we get down there. We're already a third into this session, and nobody has. Well, I was about to say nobody's put a representative lap down. Russell Ward with a 26.9. No, that's nearly 27. That 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 no. Forget that. Forget what I was saying there. Nobody's put down a representative lap yet. And he was the last driver out of the pit lane. Russell Ward, that is, I'm talking about, for Windward Racing. So now there's Alex Adele, who's just gone past the start-finish line in the Porsche 911 992GT3R for Kelly Moss with Riley. It's the number 92 car. Uh, 126-0, 126-4 for the team car. Alan Metney, the number 91 car. We've got another Porsche coming to the line shortly as well, being the Rexy. The T-Rex, number 80, the Eeyore car. My goodness, they've had a lot of bad luck and a lot of work to do with damaged Porsches recently. Hence the little cast on the, the door, the arm of the T-Rex. Seb Prior doing the qualifying. 1.25.5. Now, that's, that's all right, Jeremy, for a first quick one from the young Guernseyman, Seb Prior. Yep, you're absolutely right. Uh, that, that car's uh, best lap of the uh, of the weekend so far was a 24 8, uh, 8 yesterday by Seb. So, um, you know, half a second or so off that. That was his third lap. Fourth lap completed now by Junker Dela and by Roman DeAngelis. And they're down now low 25s, 3.50 for Danny Junker Dela at kind of a 6.79. That's a Mercedes for WeatherTech Racing. And the heart of racing Aston Martin teams, number 27 car, is in second position. Those two covered by 0.043 of a second at the moment. Still some time, I would think, to go. I'm keeping an eye on the track temperature in particular, and it's not going down, and it's not standing still either. It's still going up 45 Celsius now. That's 113 Fahrenheit on this circuit. Now, bear in mind, this is quite a light-coloured surface. So it takes a while to get that heat into it and retain that solar energy. That is very, very hot indeed. 25-0 and 25-0 for respectively those two times that Jeremy mentioned. One for GTD Pro, one for GTD. So it's Junkadella, the best overall and in Pro, and Roman De Angelis, the best in GTD. Then Prio, another well, quarter of a tenth behind for AO Racing with a 25-0, 8-4, for the second of the pro cars, Jordan Taylor for Corvette Racing. Now, there's no split qualifying here and no split start. So if this, uh, as they are at the moment, we would have uh, Roman De Angelis on a pole position and he'd be alongside Alex Riberas, his teammate. So it would be a GTD ahead of a GTD Pro. Heart of Racing have found the sweet spot of setup. Big, big moment for Jarrett Andretti in the number 94 blue, black, and white Aston Martin. Way over the curb at the corkscrew, Jeremy. And that would have been a bit uncomfortable there because I think he actually got, oh, yeah, he hammered the left front down into the metal grate there that is uh, behind the curb at the top of the corkscrew. Indeed, so yeah, missed the, <coughs> missed the first left-hand apex there by quite a margin, did uh, Jared, and carrying way too much speed at the uh, middle of the corner. So you know, carried on wide, that will cost him some time on that lap. But still, uh, it's still got you know, plenty of time remaining in this session. Six minutes still remaining. It's amazing how quickly time 
ticks by though, isn't it? But yeah, that, uh, those two Aston Martins are running, I think, pretty close together on the racetrack. Ribras uh, briefly was on top and then eclipsed by about a tenth of a second by his young teammate, Roman De Angelis. Down to just under six minutes remaining. And Jack oh, Hawksworth comes yeah. to the party and yeah. sticks the Vassa Sullivan number 14 car to the head of the GTD Pro. Now we've got five GTD Pros, Jeremy, from second down to six, but that Roman De Angelis time, still the best of, the, of all of the GTDs. Yeah, and the, top, and the five uh, GTD Pro cars, uh, they're what, point zero 0.08 behind Roman De Angelis. But the next five GTD Pro cars are covered by uh, a hair over a tenth of a second. How close do you like it is uh, a phrase I hear quite a lot. Yeah, and that's five different manufacturers, of course. Lexus, Aston Martin, Porsche, Mercedes, and Chevrolet. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Seb Prior uh, next up in seventh is the second GTD car. But again, I'll make the point, if this stays as it is, he would start on the inside of row four, whereas the pole sitter in GTD would be on the pole, on the inside of of uh, row one, and therefore there would be five GTD pros between first and second. There is no class split uh, as the cars will line up tomorrow. They'll line up as they qualify in this session. That's exactly right. And we're looking now, uh, potentially, at a repeat of what happened at Long Beach, where the number 27 car, I'll, I'll have to come back to that, but the 27 car was on, on the pole position, but then it was Marco Sorensen that had qualified juices rather than Roman DeAndres this week. However, John? Uh, Klaus Backler, who was a little bit later out of the pit lane than everybody else, he's just completed five laps, and he's gone to the top for Faf, for Porsche, for the Plaid Mortul car, and it's a 124.529. And that takes him a massive 0.118 of a second ahead of the rest of the field as Roman De Angelis, still pulled for GTD, hits. But now his nearest competition is the Kelly Moss with Riley Porsche, the number 92 car of Alex Udell, who's half a tenth of a second away and has stayed out to do another lap. Yes, he has indeed. And Klaus Backler, his first time here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, put it on the pole first time out here. That's, uh, that's a pretty good effort because this, this is not an easy track to get right. There's a couple of corners here that are particularly difficult. One we're on board with going through the, with the Corvette there, turn nine. Turn ten's also very tricky with that sort of, sort of bowl in the middle of the corner, but it's, it's awfully easy to miss that bowl and get uh, hung out wide there. And the other really tricky corner is, is turn five, uh, turn six, excuse me, going up the hill. It's a great racetrack, a really fine effort for Klaus Backler. Yeah, Klaus Backler, his only appearances in IMSA in the past uh, were at Daytona until this year. This is his first full season of competition in IMSA. And trust me, I would have lost a lot of money if somebody had asked me that question. Um, and so all of these tracks, bar Daytona, that he's competing on with Faf are brand new to him this year. And I can only imagine, because I know Klaus quite well, I can only imagine how much fun he's having because it's the first time that he's been to these tracks, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, stout effort, really, really uh, impressive by him because this, is, uh, this track has basically no similarities 
to uh, today, Turner. <laughs> UTTD, Paul Sitter, and onto the front row. I said Alec Yudel was staying out for another lap, and he's made that extra lap count to put an extra couple of laps on his Michelin tyres. He'll have to start on those tomorrow, of course, but it has been worth it. He's just bumped Roman De Angelis off pole position and off the front row of the starting grid. Porsches one and two, Faf and Kelly Moss with Riley, and that's the GTD Pro and the GTD pole sitters, both in Porsches. Do you know, when grip is at a premium, when things are sliding around, call for a Porsche 911. 60 years old this year, but still able to get the job done. Down to yeah, the last. I mean, the, uh, Sorry, the 992 Jack, is a bit. No, the, the 992 is a bit different to the first Porsche 911, isn't it? But your point is well is well made, and uh, that, that was a brilliant effort by both of those two. But just just separated by one hundredth of a second. Yeah. Wow. Tenth of a second back to Roman De Angelis. Point zero zero seven between the two Aston Martins. How's that for a start? 007 between the two Harter Racing cars. They've, they've actually planned that, haven't they? Uh, WeatherTech Racing and Daniel Yukadea is in fifth position at the moment. We're coming to the end of the session, 42 seconds remaining. I'm surprised to see so many people staying out for this full run, Jeremy. Suggests to me uh, that they think that they must surely have saved to tyres for tomorrow's race because they have to start on these tyres but they'll be wanting to get rid of some of these tyres fairly uh, fairly quickly because they've been given a pretty decent workout here in you know 113 Fahrenheit track temperature 45 Celsius these tyres um, even after cooling down overnight they're, they're allowed to scrape all the rubbish off but my goodness me they've been given a workout they have, and uh, Jack Hawksworth, he did only six laps in total uh. with the Vassal Sullivan Lexus car number 14. Uh, he's qualified uh, fourth in the class, uh, looking at, uh, currently on a streak of seven, by the way, consecutive podium finishes dating back to last year, including a victory last time out at Long Beach. But he did only six laps in total. Uh, Danny Junkadelo has just completed his tenth lap as he takes the chequered flag first to do so in the WeatherTech Mercedes. And his last lap was a uh, well, it was a 24.8, which is only a tenth of a second off his best time. Checking flags out, Jeremy, and Russell Ward still out there. Mike Skeen still out there for Team Cawthorn. And Mike actually improves, jumps up a couple of positions to sixth position in the number 32 Mercedes-Benz. Jarrett Andretti, I think, probably using this as much as an extra practice session as anything else for. Andretti Autosport, this is their first outing with the Aston Martin Vantage GT3. He crosses the line, doesn't improve his time. And that is everybody across the line. So we can now congratulate two Porsche drivers, Klaus Bachler for Faf Motorsport in the plaid Porsche and Alec Udell for Kelly Moss yeah. with Riley. We'll wait for them to drive up and then Shea will grab a word in a moment. Very, very impressed by both yeah. of those drivers. Klaus Backler has been a class act for years, Jeremy, and he's he's just showing how good he is when he can come to a track like this and plant it on pole position at the first time of asking. Yeah, agreed. It's hard to believe he's 31 years of age nowadays, because uh, he seems to be around uh, for, forever. 
but at the same time, it seems like not long ago that he was on, that he was beginning to make a name for himself. But yeah, fine effort by both of those two. Uh, for both of them, their first ever pole position, of course, in WeatherTech uh, competition. Uh, and also a really good run there for Alan Metney. Shout out for Alan Metney uh, in the Kelly Moss with Riley Cullerman 91. He's qualified ninth out of 16 in GTD. And uh, yeah, for a guy who started racing only, well, I guess four or five years ago now, but not that long ago, certainly, uh, he, he's, he's not a professional by any means, but he's qualified within a second of the factory drivers and, and, you know, and, the, and the vastly experienced guys ahead of him. Really good effort by uh, Alan, who, who of course didn't take part in last weekend's Porsche Carrera Cup North America at the Miami Formula One Grand no. Prix because he wanted to focus his attention on getting ready for this weekend here. This is his priority this year. It's the, uh, the World Tech Championship rather than uh, Carrera Cup North America, despite the fact he was leading the Pro-Am class in points prior to Miami. But uh, he, he, he was you know, cool with giving that up, and he's shown why. It's a good effort by him, and of course his teammate, Alec Udell, will start on the pole position in GTD. Well, the two pole sitters are up at the end of pit lane as the rest of the cars go back behind the wall. Alec Udell is just uh, disrobing. Uh, shit, Adam has got there. Let's talk to one of our pole sitters. Here you go, shit. Way to go, babe, way to go. Hello, Shay. Can you hear us? Well, I know Shay's there, but I can't hear it at the moment. Hello, Shay. Can you hear us? Pole position once again for FAF Motorsport. This time it comes in the hands of Klaus Bachler. First time pole position for Klaus. First time he's been to WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Sega. Klaus, congratulations. How good does this feel? Uh, I mean, amazing. Uh, thanks to the team. Uh, thanks to also Patrick, my teammate. Uh, they pushed me so hard. Uh, I have to say it's uh, quite a challenging season for me because I don't know a lot of tracks here. Uh, but we work really good. Uh, car was amazing today for qualifying. Uh, the track is really cool. So many fans out there, uh, which I enjoy it. Uh, the layout is mega. Uh, grip level is a bit low, but it's for everybody the same. And I'm just happy uh, about the pole position. Congratulations on your qualifying. The last time it was a pole position for Papier, they went on to win. So good luck tomorrow. Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I could hear the smile in his voice there, Shea, he, and he's probably still smiling, probably still smiling now. I, I know he's a pro driver, I know he takes this stuff in his stride, but, you know, you, you can't help hearing that emotion in his voice. He's, he's really loving being here and doing this full season. Shea. No, and this means the world to him, too, especially because it's a massive confidence boost for Klaus. He had that big crash in Sebring qualifying, remember? So for him, this is justification that he does belong here, and especially considering Faf pole position last year for Matthew Gemini, who also had never been here, the pressure was on. He delivered today. This is awesome. Well, we'll have a quick ch check with our GTD pole sitter for Kelly Moss with Riley. Two Porsches on the front wall. 24.529, 24.539. 
So I, I'd say when we say, Jeremy, that the the equipment is uh, is identical, I think we've kind of proved that there with two Porsches a hundredth of a second between them. One uh, uh, the Pro class and one the GTD class. Yeah, no argument there. Uh, but uh, it was certainly you know an excellent job by both of those two. Alec Udell, you know, he's not not the best known of drivers out there, but he's a really talented young man he's from the Woodlands in Texas, a suburb of Houston, and uh, he's had success in Porsches uh, over the years in a, in a bunch of different series, uh, and also went over to uh, to Europe and won the European GT4. Uh, FIA GT4 championship a couple of years ago as well. So yeah. really talented young man and great to see him having this opportunity uh, with uh, Kelly Boss with Riley and uh, David Brule who's given this him, him, him this chance to drive this car and taking full advantage of it. Great effort for his first pole position uh, for uh, Alec Udell in just his, uh, his, his, uh, his sixth start in this championship. And she is with him now. We can hear uh, how happy he is as well. I suspect, Shea, you've got another very happy Porsche driver with you in the shape of Alec Yudel. Yeah, you just said it feels good. And it's yeah. nice also that the hat matches your overalls. So no, meant to be on pole. Exactly. Yeah, we, 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 we uh, obviously have been working really hard with the program. Uh, we've had, of course, ups and downs, just like any new program, any new car has at the beginning of the year. So uh, very happy with all the guys at Riley and all the guys from Kelly Moss to come together on such a uh, you know big effort to bring a new car to the paddock and to bring a new team to the paddock. So we've had some good success so far, and we're just looking to build on that here at Laguna Seca. First pull for the new car also. That's a really big deal. And how good is it that you've got an identical one next to you? Yeah, I was wondering who was in the pole with the GTD Pro class. So it was cool to see the other uh, Porsche, the Porsche pull up next to us. So, yeah, I think it just shows the uh, Porsche is really strong here at Laguna Seca. Of course, it comes up to the driver as well. This track is very tricky. It's very easy to put a wheel off. They've made some improvements to the circuit at WeatherTech Raceway here, adding a couple of runoffs here and there, which makes it maybe a little less tricky. But still, you've got some high commitment zones, turn six up to the corkscrew, down out of the corkscrew that uh, you can put a wheel wrong and get things, uh, you know, out of sorts, if you will. But uh, otherwise, very happy. I think we keep just making small little improvements on the car, and it shows here. How much is left in the tires for the start of tomorrow's race? Because you were out there a while. Yeah, I think we pitted maybe a lap later than some of the other cars. Um, I, I think our degradation has been pretty decent. Um, you know, it's up to the driver a lot, and so I try not to slide the tire too much. My driving style is pretty clean. Uh, maybe a little bit messy in the qualifying session, but uh, I'm usually am pretty solid on tires, and it's just going to be up to uh, conserving it as much as we can. But if we can have clean air, then, you know, we're, we're happy, and we run uh, with some, some good and not hopefully not taking too much on the off the front of the car. Well, it was a double Porsche win last year, so good luck carrying that forward tomorrow. Thanks, Shay. Appreciate it. What a considered interview that was from Alec Yudel. Uh, fabulous to, to hear how thoughtful Jeremy was after that great performance. Uh, and uh, he's, he's right. It is going to be interesting tomorrow. But he's put himself in the best possible position. Pole position in class and on the front row. Uh, with another Porsche alongside him. Now, um, they're not teammates, but uh, you would think that those two uh, teams would have a bit of a chat with each other because what you don't want to do is have those two coming together at the first corner tomorrow. Yeah, very true. Uh, and, of course, you know, the, the, you're right. You know, they're both Porsches, uh, and, uh, and they're, they're running in different classes as well. It's the same, uh, exactly the same specification of car because uh, there's no difference in the cars between GTD Pro and GTD, but at least they're not battling... Uh, you know, whatever position they, they are ahead of each other, 
doesn't matter in terms of the championship. But yeah, you're right about Alec. I mean, he's, a re he's got a great head on his shoulders. I've known him for quite a lot of years. He was one of the youngest drivers uh, uh, back in the day. He started when he was very, very young in SRO, there's no SRO, in the Challenge Series. And yeah, he's, he's just a, a delightful young man and, and great to see him having this sort of success and getting this opportunity. Coming up next, we have the prototypes, or the first part of the prototypes at least, with the LMP2s. Now this one here is pretty easy because the drivers for this are the uh, the mandated drivers, depending on the uh, the driver categorizations. Correct, Shea Adam? Yep. It has to be the bronze drivers, so John Ferrano is the championship leader and he takes out the 8 for Tower Motorsport in the 0-4. That is the CrowdStrike racing car. That one is Mr. CrowdStrike himself, George Kurtz. Number 11, well that one from TDS is Stephen Thomas who put the car on pole last year and set the race lap record in qualifying by dint of doing that beat the previous best time for the LMP2 in the current spec. For the sister car, the number 35, that is Francois Arrow, who has to do the qualifying duties for them. The numbers 51 uh, and 52 are not sister cars, even though they are right next to each other in terms of the numbering system. 51 will be Eric Lux, that is the Rick Ware racing car, and the 52, well, that is the qualifying master as far as LMP2 is concerned. Ben Keating making a return to the class this weekend, wasn't planning on running the races but got the call up to fill in for his friend Patrick Kelly so once again we have Ben Keating looking for a pole position in LMP2 uh, the other car that I did not mention I believe is the number 20 that car was very quick earlier on in the hands of Ed Jones but it has to be Dennis Anderson doing qualifying duties for them did I miss anyone out uh, don't think so I'm just looking excellent no, I think that I'm very happy with that. That's uh, eight cars out on the circuit. Thank you, Shea. Um, and therefore, the density of machinery should be uh, a lot less. So everybody, I don't hear anybody complaining about getting a lap spoiled here. Should be, except, of course, um, they've all gone out together, or at least there's a clump of them in the middle, led by... Uh, ben Keating. Oh, I see what's going on here. This is uh, this is sort of Mortal 3 and Mortal 2. Everybody's trying to get onto the back of Ben Keating as the qualifying maestro, and they're trying to follow him around. Okay, I will take that. Um, basically, reprise what we said before, Jeremy. These are downforce cars, but again, it won't be one and done. It won't be the first lap for these cars either. They'll want to be kind and gentle to their Michelin tyres for a lap or two. Yeah, and, you know, these are non-pro drivers, so it, 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 the, the pros are much better at getting up to ultimate speed oh, yeah. right away. Uh, the gentleman drivers, you know, it takes them a little bit longer to, to do so, and you know, the, 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 the tyres that have been running, the, the tyres are pretty durable in any case, so I'm sure that, that I mean, the cars won't be full of fuel, but they'll have enough fuel to run for, uh, you know, for, for, say, 17 minutes, including out and in laps, uh, and, uh, and then, you know, they will, as the fuel load burns down, they will get faster and faster. So I would expect the best times to come right at the end of the session. And I think once again, you're quite likely we're going to have a battle between uh, Ben Keating and Stephen Thomas. Those two be going head to head in qualifying for the last couple of years. It's really been fun to watch. Ben Keating um, is just entertainment personified um, whether he's here in IMSA or in the FIAWEC it's his last season in the FIAWEC uh, he said uh, 
Um, is this race for qualifying? Uh, uh, obviously, a race is broken out here, Jeremy. You're absolutely right. Three cars across the line together, uh, and well, that's interesting, isn't it? As the Eric Lux number 51 Biohaven car goes through and right on the tail of that car is, uh, is that the crowd strike? There's the crowd strike car, George, yeah, following him round. And yeah, I. They both got past White Merriman, didn't they? Coming off the airfield. Eric Lux thought about outbreaking into the corner, oh, thought better of yes. it. And they all came, almost came together, all three of them, at the exit. But uh, they sorted themselves out, and Eric Lux is, uh, is now going to try and pull away here from George oh. Kurtz. But George has been really fast. I lately. think somebody's in the wall at turn six. Um, if, if not, the, there was a big drop of a wheel from somebody in front of. Of those two, so who was the who would that have been? Well, that would have been Ben Keating, and he's still running. Okay. Um, Eric Lux has been around for a little while, Jeremy, and uh, let's uh, see who it was. Oh, it, it was Ben Keating. Huge sideways moment. Quick, quick hands to get that one back. He's got a future as a rallycross driver if he's going to start driving. Like that, so an untidy lap for Ben Keating is two seconds away from the the best, which is a 121.4 from Stephen Thomas in the TDS number 11. Qualifying pits for these cars, they have been slowed down a little bit down the last few years. Uh, so what we're expecting? Yeah, it, well, the, the best time last year was Stephen Thomas at 117.5, uh, but. Um, uh, they certainly have been slowed down, as you say, from last year. They've had some uh, some RPMs taken away. The cars are a little bit heavier this year as well, uh, and uh, various other little tweaks. So they're not as fast as they were. The fastest time in uh, practice was at 117.7, so not even as quick as Stephen, Stephen Thomas's pole last season, by, um, Eric, uh, by uh, Ed Jones this morning. But uh, th you know, that was that was the. Uh, the, the pro drivers at the wheel. This is a pro am class, of course. So, uh, yeah, I think if we, an eight, eight, eighteen or nine, you know, nineteen would be a, a, a pretty good lap in the, in the warmth of the day. Yes, believe it or not, the track temperature is still going up. Now, an incredible forty-six Celsius, one hundred and fifteen Fahrenheit as Ben Keating goes to the top. Yes, he wasn't going to uh, leave Stephen at the top. I'm sure all they have to do to get him to find a tenth or two here or there is call him on the radio and go, Stephen's P1, you're two seconds behind Ben. He'd have been, he'd have been there. Here comes the other TDS car in the hands of Francois Herrault. And he goes to second with a 120.508. Uh, ben Keating's been battling for Paul in the, the WEC as well this season with uh, Sarah Bovey generally from the Iron Dames been brilliant to watch what a season he's had in the GTE version of the Corvette if we go to Le Mans with that we've got full coverage of that for you on our sister channel Radio Le Mans Haggerty Radio Le Mans on the air from Test Sunday Test Day Sunday, first weekend in June uh, with exclusive live coverage of that plus for the race on Saturday, the following Saturday and Sunday 
and we'll have our usual Sirius XM channels for you here in the States. The only way that you can follow Le Mans live and free is on Haggerty Radio Le Mans. And before that, of course, we've got sound and vision coverage of the 24 hours of the Nürburgring. That's uh, next weekend. So a busy month at the end of May and the beginning of June. Month of May, we think of Indianapolis. Month of May, if you're a sports car fan, you think of WeatherTech, Raceway, Laguna Seca, the Nürburgring, and then you're looking forward to Le Mans Test Day. And they're all coming up live and free for you in the next few weekends. So, who is on another quick one? Stephen Thomas improved, but stays third. Now, Road bumped down to fourth position, and Ben Keating is not on top of the pile. It's George Kurtz, Jeremy Shaw, with a 19-8. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, as I said earlier on, he's come on, he's come on in leaps and bounds yeah. the last few years as George. I mean, he's, he's driving driving a lot these days in, in all sorts of different cars. And that experience he's, he's using, as you should do, and, and getting faster in all the different cars he's driving as well. So, yeah, tremendous lap there. Uh, for George, and you know, he'd be looking to put one over his, the regular two sparring partners, Ben Keating and Stephen Thomas, who are now separated, by the way, those those two by 0 0.006. Oh, no, they're not, because Ben Keating has jumped to the top here with a 119.3. So he's got a half a second now over George Kurtz. And remember, this is qualifying for the race tomorrow. Relatively early in the afternoon, Pacific time. And we'll be live with Michelin Countdown to Green. Then we'll fire up the World Feed TV for those of you outside of the US. If you're in the UK, you'll know that via play on the Sky Satellite platform, air the races normally live. Uh, however, it will be on tape delay and not until 6 a.m. Monday morning. The race is much earlier uh, than that on Sunday evening. But you still have access to the free World TV service, the uh, World Feed TV service with the IMSA radio commentary on it as well. So no need for you to get up early on Monday morning if you've got to go to work settle yourself down on Sunday night and as Jeremy was saying earlier on if you're on the east coast by the way please make sure you check the time for tomorrow's race because we are uh, on relatively early in the afternoon here uh, that said Jeremy the two hour 40 minute will be in the heat of the day tomorrow won't it uh, yes indeed it will so uh, yeah that's but you know conditions yeah, not dissimilar we hope to what they are now Stephen Thomas improved on his last lap. He got within four tenths of a second of uh, Ben Keating, but still in second place. So George Kurtz remains in third, did not improve last time around. Three drivers under 80 seconds, being George in third, Stephen Thomas in second, and Ben Keating in the lead. And just running the clock down under four minutes. Looks improved again last time around. There's Keating. 
coming in the final corner, turn 11. George Kurtz in the 0-4, the crowd strike car. In behind Eric Lux. Might just get a little draft to the line. Let's see if George improves here. Needs to find half a second to get on the front row and does not. I just wonder whether the performance in the tyres with this track heat, Jeremy, might just be going away a little bit now. I mean, you made a good point in fairness um, that these are not pro drivers and therefore may not have that innate ability to switch the tyres on exactly when they want them. It's, it's something that is a real skill and even some good drivers, good pro drivers, can't do it. Um, and, you know, these guys are far from being pro drivers, although Ben Keating's probably one of the best bronze drivers in the world at the moment. Yeah, true that. He, he, he's, um, he is fast in, in anything he's, he, he drives these days as well. And you know, he, too, has got a lot of experience in a lot of different cars over the last, well, decade or so now, probably in Ben Keating's case. Stephen Thomas has been racing a lot less than Ben has, but he's made really good strides. Uh, not quite as consistent, perhaps, as Ben Keating, but uh, Stephen Thomas is working on that in this uh, brightly livid carnival level. Uh, two TDS racing entries in this field are both yellow and red. One's more yellow than red, and one's more red than yellow. That's how we tell them apart. It's a Primarily yellow one that's car number 11, that's Stephen Thomas, and uh, he's heading towards turn five. Yeah, he was sideways at the corkscrew last time around. All oh, that's track limits coming through turn five, or hit the inside kerb, then tried to compensate by having to steer a little bit more to the left. My goodness me, that was great car control, but it's taking it out of those rear Michelin tyres. He's a little more circumspect this time around. That was lovely through the middle part of the corkscrew now is he putting a decent lap together blue number two on the side of the race number 11 car that means he's second in the blue lmp2 class down to the final corner gets it in looks very very pleasant through the middle of the corner crosses the line and does improve his time but not his position 119.718. Well, proof, if proof were needed, that he's still got a bit of life in his tyres and had gotten a little bit of speed in himself. He's Eric Lux coming down to the bottom of the hill, Jeremy. Yeah, and uh, Eric, uh, he's fifth fastest at the moment and just about yeah, about 1.7 oh. off the fastest line. There's another improvement, though, Keating. for Ben Keating. What a lap that is oh. by uh, car number 52, a 118. 0.891, that is stout. Tenth lap on his Michelin tyres. Now, all right, he's burned off some fuel. So, first of all, kudos to the Michelin tyres for 10 laps in this heat and still being able to pull out a tyre. A 118. Eight for Ben Keating. Takes him eight tenths of a second ahead of the rest of the field. Brilliant stuff from the Texan. Now, surely he's going to park that car now. Dennis Anderson coming to turn four and he's got the number 35 behind him of Francois Herrault in the TDS checkered flag is out what 
the things we love about sports car racing and endurance racing, in particular of all motorsports, that has a world championship and it races like Rolex 24 and over 112 hours of Sebring and the 24 hours of Le Mans, is the fact that non-pro drivers can compete. Over the last probably decade, maybe a little bit further than that, further back than that, the amount of commitment that gentlemen drivers have got to put into the sport has, has, has gone up massively. Kurtz to the top! George Kurtz, at the very last yawning moment, has snatched away Ben Keating's pole position. He was nearly a second, he needed to find nearly a second, and he's done it by 0 0.061 of a second. And that dedication, that investment in time and driving has paid off in spades for the crowd strike racing by APR. Orica LMP2 and George Kurtz with a 119.262. Jeremy Shaw, tell me about that. How did that happen? He got a clear lap right at the end and he absolutely executed perfectly. Take your hat off there to... Oh to uh, George Kurtz that was a magnificent lap that he put together I mean yeah he he must he, he knew the time was in the car it's just a question of extracting it he hadn't done it uh, until he had to on that very final lap just one more chance to do it and he nailed it what a great lap that was for George, George Kurtz this is just his 11th start in, in this in this championship a lot of experience as I said in all sorts of different other cars he's a uh, you know a, a tech guru he, he was the guy who founded uh, he, he was one of, the, one of his companies he sold to McAfee the uh, the the uh, digital encryption experts some years ago he founded CrowdStrike after that he's a self-made man and he's a self-made racing driver as well he spent a lot of his time uh, and still drives in another series with with Colin Brown actually he was his, he's been his driver coach for a long long time but George Kurtz uh, so yet again here we've got a, a first time pole sitter in this championship a fine effort by George Kurtz so that crowd strike racing with APR with uh, the Algarve Pro Racing team Stuart and Sam Cox know how to put a good car together and they've got plenty of experience with these LMP2 cars and George Kurtz has done exactly what he needed to do as he pulls up at the end of the pit lane. Wow, what a way to get himself. Now, he's a very busy boy in the next few weeks because, unsurprisingly, he is racing at the CrowdStrike 24 Hours of Spa. Uh, and uh, he's also, before that, of course, he's going to be going to Le Mans. My goodness me, he's had the phone call on the pitch to car radio and that very handsome grey and red Origa will start from pole position tomorrow and you know what and Shea Adams down there watching him take his helmet off we'll, we'll let the guys from MPC have a chat with him first um, he looks uh, Shea just as if Oh, yeah, of course. That's exactly what I expected to happen. He got out the car. Yes, there was a little, you know, I'm number one finger in the air type of thing. But he looks very relaxed, cool, very cool customer. And she, Adam, it looks as if George was like, oh, yeah, we, we knew we had that. We knew that was going to come. 
I'm wondering how much confidence George has gotten over the last couple of seasons. He races in SRO with Colin Brown, and over there, he starts one race and he finishes the second race, but he has been victorious as the finishing driver, most recently in their last round. So for George, it's all about building the confidence to know that you can do it, but actually doing it, that makes a big difference. I'm, I'm wondering how much that has translated over for him. And now, of course, the pressure is going to be on Colin Brown to go out and get pole position because anything George can do, Colin can do. And uh, maybe <laughs> a little bit better in some cases. Well, we know it would be a little bit better because the lap time would be better. But for George, this is magnificent, George. That pole position, how much confidence have you gained by being the finishing driver in another series and taking wins? You know, it's uh, it certainly helped out. You know, when the pressure's on, you got to just dig and uh, we caught some traffic during the laps and uh, we just backed off on that last one and we knew we had good pace in the car and we were able to, we had one lap to do it and we got it done. Well, at one stage, you were really a second behind Ben's best time. Did you know that you had more in the car? Yeah, I think we, I, I knew we had more in the car and, you know, obviously uh, Ben's top shelf. So it was great to, to be able to get him at the end there, but uh, we just needed a clean lap and that's what we got at the end. Yeah, you did a phenomenal lap and we're used to CrowdStrike fast laps, that's the thing. But in this series, running in the LMP2 car, next time you're driving an LMP2, it's going to be over in France. How much are you thinking about that? Absolutely. Well, I'm thinking a lot about that. So I've been doing the simulator work, got to get some testing done and hopefully we'll be ready, but really excited about that. And uh, I couldn't think of a, a better showing for the 100th anniversary there. Congratulations on your first poll. Definitely won't be your last. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, cool as a cucumber, Jeremy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you said it. You thought he must have known he had it in the car. He stayed out for 11 laps on those Michelin tyres. Uh, and only two other drivers, Dennis Anderson and Dwight Merriman. I mean, he's, he's clearly very happy. But well, any time you finish in front of uh, Ben Keating in practice qualifying or a race, you, you're doing something well. But my goodness me, that is a great run for George. Confidence, well, it absolutely. Really is. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. Fantastic effort by him there. He, he's got, uh, he's, that's a real feather in your cap to beat Ben Keating uh, anywhere, and particularly here because you know, this is a tricky racetrack as we've already talked about. And he, he, he knew he had one last chance to do it. And as he said, he stepped up the plate and knocked it out of the park. Brilliant effort by him. Uh, he, uh, he finished second in the first race of the season uh, at, um, at Daytona. Uh, of course, wasn't a championship round. Uh, but uh, you know he's he's got good pace in these cars. He's shown well. He's had a win before in IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Competition that came at Sebring back in uh, in 21 when he was driving for the core team with Colin Brown and John Bennett. Uh, so you know he knows how to get it done, and he'd be looking for a win here tomorrow. He certainly starts from the best possible position. Yeah, I, I, I'm impressed. I, I am impressed. Yeah. You know it. it for, for a, for a non-pro driver, I agree with you about getting track timing in different cars, Jeremy. But we've seen sometimes non-pro drivers get confused, confuse themselves when they drive different machinery. He's been jumping in and out of GT3 cars. He's been jumping in and out of the, the P2 car. The, the, the P2 car, not an easy car to to drive now. The, the, the pace has been taken out of it. The engine's been taken out of it. So it that the engine power's been taken out of it. Uh, they run the low uh, downforce kit all the time uh, on that car, and uh, they, 
the driving style has has meant it's even more attack through the centre of the corners, which I suppose in some ways not too different from a, a GT car. But we've seen people lose their way uh, at that in the past. George hasn't. He, uh, you you said it absolutely right. He's thriving on this at the moment. Give me something to drive. I'll drive it. It's not what you used to driving, George. Don't care. I want to drive. Good for him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all about experience yeah. and track time and driving different cars, just expanding your knowledge base, basically. So you've got you know, more information to draw from. It doesn't really matter what the car is, particularly earlier, early in your career, and particularly when you don't start out as a youngster, as he uh, and, and many, well, most of these guys who, who are now racing in LMP2 didn't. You know, they all took up racing much later in their, life, in their lives than the, the, most of the people they're driving with. In this race, so yeah, that was a that was a, a really really excellent job by 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 George there to get that pole position, and particularly on a track here like with the Raceway, there's so much history here. It's such a challenging track. Everybody knows it's a really challenging track. So a great feather in his cap to get his first pole position here at uh, on the west coast. Let's head to Sheer Adam. We have one final qualifying run to go. It is for the nine. Check that nine. GTP cars. Cher, what do you reckon? Who's going to be doing what in which car? Okay, well, these are my predictions from before we even got to the racetrack, and I will give justification as to why, and I will let you know if they are indeed correct, if I know that they're correct. Sebastian Bourdais has done every single qualifying for this 2023 season for the 01 Cadillac Racing entry. He is going to be doing qualifying today. Once again, because I saw him in his fire suit with his Hans device and his helmet. So, yes, he is going to be piloting that car. I think it's Tim Jen Vanderhelm for the number five JDC Miller Porsche 963. That doesn't get old to say ever. All right, green flag is out, so we'll try and go through these a bit quick. We've got uh, Pippo Durrani doing every single qualifying session so far this season for the 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac. He's continuing on that tradition. For the two Porsches, well, it should be Matthew Jaminet because it's his turn. And he got pulled here in 2022 with FAF Motorsport. And guess what? He's behind the wheel of the championship leading number six for Porsche Penske Motorsport. For the sister car, it should be Matty Campbell because it is his turn. And guess what? He's piloting that car as well. And it is time, by the way, for the number five, the other Porsche. For the number 10, that's the Konica Minolta Acura. It should be Ricky Taylor because he has gotten three pole positions here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. I haven't yet seen that car, so I can't confirm. Augusto Farfus has done the last two qualifyings for the number 24 BMW MT RLL, so I think it'll be Philip Bang. For the number 25, I think it'll be Connor Filippi because it's his turn, the sister car. And finally, last but certainly not least, the number 60 Meyer Shank Racing Acura. It's been Tom Blockfist every time, so I think it's time for Connor, Colin Brown. Let's see if you're right, Shea. Thank you very much uh, indeed. Uh, qualifying records, Jeremy, and yes. it might be a bit warm for that today, but a good chance for us to see how the cars perform at what is race time tomorrow. Uh, what are the qualifying... Well, well, we don't have qualifying records for these no. cars, do we? Of course, we're setting new ones. However, what so do we compare them against? Well, the poll last year in the... In the, uh, the, the uh, DPI cars, which have been improved over six years, was a 13.9. Uh, but uh, it's, it's warm this afternoon. The fastest time we've seen so far was a 1 minute 15.493. That was by Matt Campbell uh, this morning in this morning's practice session. Uh, I think we'll probably go quicker than that. 
but uh, low 15s, possibly high 14s. We'll see. It's, gonna be, it's, it's hard to tell, but uh, all of these guys that are out now ran a qualifying simulation towards the end of that last practice session just uh, a couple, three hours ago. So, you know, they, they, they've, they've got uh, good recent experience of, of how the track is. It hasn't really changed too much since then. Maybe gone up a few degrees, as you would be talking about. The track temperature is continuing to rise because um, it's, what, 1.45 here in the afternoon or thereabouts. So it's the sun's beating down. It's pretty hot. It's going to be a challenge for these guys to, to get the best out of these cars. Uh, that there's a lot of technology here. We've seen mistakes by various drivers um, over the last couple of race weekends. And uh, yeah, these cars are tricky, tricky oh, yeah. to drive. Yeah, they absolutely are. So Tamman van der Helm out in the banana boat, the number five JDC machine. And he's taking it very easy or easily on his two uh, out laps. Now, it was 20 minutes this session rather than the standard 15. And a reminder, if you've been away from this championship for a wee while or perhaps you're new to it, um, a big change in qualifying for GTP in that for, for everybody else you can't touch the car but here you can come in and change tyres and we've seen that tactic employed uh, sometimes with better results than others but from now from this session to the end of the 2 hours and 40 minute race tomorrow the GTPs have three sets of new Michelin race tyres so that it's it's tactics starting right now jeremy isn't it in terms you know we always talk about there's as much skill on the wall and as much brain power on the wall as there is behind the wheel in the race well that actually is now being brought back to this session for qualifying as well do you use a second set or do you save two sets for the race tomorrow or do you scrub in a set of tires just uh, you know, one slow lap or sort of medium speed lap just to take the uh, the kind of the edge off the tire so that's ready to go for tomorrow and then you but you put all your concentration into getting the best out of one set of tires i don't think we'll see i very much doubt we'll see uh, drivers like happened at daytona for example first race of the season where tom blumquist went out specifically on two sets of tires to try and get the pole position i don't think we're going to see that here um, you know, if there's a, a red flag later in the session, you, you, that plan can be messed up as it was, I think, for him at Sebring. Uh, and plus, you're then taking your best out of a, set of, out of a second set of tyres. So I, I think we'll only see one really push hard lap on, on, on one set of tyres. But it's going to be interesting to see who does change and, and say maybe scrub it, just what they call scrub in and say, just take the edge off them to get ready for the race tomorrow. Share Adam. The, other, the only opportunity they're going to have to do that otherwise is tomorrow morning in a warm up. Oh, yes, we do have warm up tomorrow. Uh, Share Adam, who's been scrubbing tyres? Uh, the 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac in the hands of Pippa Durrani has come in and changed two sets of tyres. That's him rumbling back down the pit lane once again. Same thing for the 25 of Connor Filippi. The BMW has come in and changed tyres twice. So now they're back out again. I think now they're actually going for their run. We do have two other cars back into the pit lane after doing the sighting laps. I think they were perhaps leaving the pit lane on a set of tyres, just scuffing them in and then going. The, those two cars were the 24 of Philip Eng, which is now...
on the track and the 10 which i'm waiting for that monica minolta accurate to go back out we've just had colin brown leave a few moments ago so he should be on his first flying lap here shortly but have not yet seen an exit from the zero one that is sebastian bourdais he's done this a couple of times so far this year guys and it's worked for him hello to martin marty mcfly at imza radio uh, listening to our audio, you don't just have to have the audio up, even if you're in the US, for uh, this session. Qualifying sessions always available on IMSA.tv and via the video player at IMSAradio.com. And at the moment, the noise behind my voice is that of the V8 Porsche Twin Turbo of the number seven. And behind the wheel of that Porsche Penske uh, motorsports car is Matt Campbell. It is the two Matts who are qualifying. Seven with the black pinstripes, six with the white. It's a handsome beast heading down towards turn two. Three cars for Le Mans, of course, in the multicoloured stripes, the rainbow stripes of the 75th anniversary of Porsche's first road car with black, uh, red and white uh, rear fins to delineate the cars which is great if you can see them from side on. <laughs> I really hope there's something else. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of broadcasters from Le Mans saying, well, it's one of the Porsches. <laughs> Time of Van der Helm from JDC, 1.18. Just bringing those tyres nice up. Nicely up to temperature. I like this. Uh, I like this approach, Jeremy, from Young Timon. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's not going for the pole position. He he knows that. He's just out there to gain some experience, more experience in this car. Never even driven it. Never even sat in the car prior to yesterday. This car uh, has has turned a wheel before. It did that at Weissach at the test track in Germany before it was delivered to the team in Minnesota a couple of weeks ago, but not by either of the drivers who were driving it this weekend. It was by a factory driver, I think it's Maddie Campbell, who turned those laps at Weissach. So uh, it's a steep learning curve for Time and Van der Helm and for Mike Rockenfeller. They've done a lot of preparation on the sim, but not uh, in the actual race car. So you know, they're just going to get as many laps as they can. They're, they're, this weekend, it's just a very steep learning curve for that JDC Miller Sports team. Jeremy Shaw with me, John Heintoff. And Shea Adam down in the pit lane. 15-8 there for Colin Brown in car number 60 in the first uh, to lay down a really good lap. That's actually uh, only a tenth of a second away from the best lap he turned during the, uh, the practice session this qualifying sim uh, a little bit earlier today. Looks like he's going faster now. He wasn't in the first sector. He was purple in the second sector. It's now been eclipsed by Maddie Campbell, who's on a really good lap behind him, but uh, there is an improvement for Colin Brown. 15-7-2-7. And flirting with disaster on the exit of turn at number 11. Still 10 and a half minutes to go, and nobody has pitted for new tyres yet. There we go. Campbell. First one minute 14 of this session, just, but it's still at 114, 114.9. Shane would say that yeah, several of the teams stopped in the pits a couple of times to change tyres, John. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to be doing too 
qualifying runs on, on two different sets of tyres. Uh, yes. But yeah, great lap there from Maddy Campbell. The first guy into the 14s and 114.950 for Maddy Campbell. That is, that is six tenths of a second faster than the race lap record he has set last year. Great lap by Maddy Campbell. So that's the first of the teams who have changed their tyres, getting among the top runners with Philip Eng in third and Pete Mulderani in fourth. He's been down the pit lane twice. I suspect that's scrubbing tyres in, as Jeremy mentioned earlier. What that means is they've just taken the shine off the top of those Michelin tyres. They're famous for that silver shine. They use a, a silver compound as a release agent from the race tyre moulds. And now to the top for Matt Campbell. He increases his gap. Chamonix no, up to second place. Chamonix uh, to second, excuse me, yep. yes. 14.950, Chamonix up to second with a 5.15.570. So Porsche Penske Motorsport, Jeremy, perhaps buoyed by their uh, victory on the streets of Long Beach last time out, which was as much tactical as it was pace. They didn't have the pace and they still stood on the top step of the podium and that's what it all counts, but maybe a newfound confidence for that Porsche Penske Motorsport team. Yeah, I mean, it's been a great session so far. I mean, fastest in both of the sessions so far for Matt Campbell. And now fastest again here, but not by much. Pipa Durrani gets within uh, 0.057 is Pipa Durrani's time. Slower than Matty Campbell. 115.007 then for Pipa Durrani in car number 31. That's a wheel and engineering Cadillac. Spits the two Porsches. So... Pete delivers, as Pete does. Colin Brown's in the pits. That's his first dive down the pit where Jam Pit Road. Jamming wow. it. Wow. 114, 8, uh, 7, 7. Uh, sorry, no, 864. And his teammate then does a 774. These two Porsches on point at the moment, still on their first set of tyres, Jeremy. Now. Are they just going to stay out for the next seven and a half minutes and save some tyres? Well, their tyre strategy was perfect at Long Beach because it, it earned them the race victory. It did. did. Uh, saved a lot of time by not changing tyres uh, during the pit stop. Of course, that's the shortest race on the schedule, just 100 minutes. This is two hours and 40, 40 minutes, so a much longer race. So you're not going to be uh, double stinting the tyres here, particularly because of the fact that this track is really hard on rubber at the best of times. But great laps by both of those two, just less than a tenth of a second between them. People Durrani is only a tenth and a half, less than that behind him and Ricky Taylor. Fourth position now for Conor Minolta, Acura. So... Filippi improves to fifth position, but his time, uh, a 15.64... Fifteen point six four eight for Conor Di Filippi. It's uh, good for fifth passes, but still eight tenths of a second away from those two Porsches at the front. Six and a half minutes remaining. And Brown now down to the sixth position. Philippe Eng. In the second, the BMWs in seventh. Then Sebastian Bourdais, uh, who is a full 1.7 seconds away from outside uh, the, the pole time at the moment uh, in the Cadillac Racing Ganassi Run, car number 01. 
1 minute 16.489 for Sebastian Bourdais. Time and van der Helm brings JDC Miller Motorsports in car into the pits. He's completed eight laps in car number five. His, his best lap, 116.995. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, still plenty of action to come today. Five and a half minutes just over on this session. As they dive down to the final corner. Oh, those it's Porsches really look so they, hooked they? up, though, don't they? Jamine drifting the car. He's within a tenth of a second. Well, 0.090 of a second of his teammates. 14.774.14.864. And they're still on the first set of tyres. They're driving around seven in front of six, which slightly upsets me that they're not in number order, but that's the, how they are on the timing screen as well. So I suppose I can forgive them uh, for that. Best of the rest is people Durrani in the number 31. And the wheel and engineering Cadillac comes to the pit lane with four, call it five minutes to go. Sebastian Bourdais does improve in column zero one up into fifth position now with a one minute 15.409 and that's within six cents of a second of the pole time now so it's certainly getting closer at the front of the field. All cars, all, well eight of the nine cars, the only exception being the, the JDC Milamo Sports car which is a couple of seconds off, all of the other eight cars within a second with what, four minutes and 15 seconds remaining. I think there's one last hurrah from everybody here, Jeremy. And the two Porsches have come in with four minutes on the clock. So that, if they are, in, in fact, it's only Colin Brown, Conor De Filippi, and Sebastian Bourdais who are still out on the track. So a third of the field are out, two thirds are in. Bourdais not made a pit stop yet. So he's on his original set of Michelin tyres, and I suspect he's going to stay on those till the end now. So this is a different tactic from Cadillac Racing and Chip Ganassi. Comes down to turn 10 now, towards the kerb, back on the throttle. Now he's staying out. So they're only going to use one set here, Jeremy. They're, they're seeing it a different way from everybody else, but again, there's somebody you're not going to second guess, Chip Ganassi Racing. No, you know, they've got tomorrow morning to scrub in tyres, so uh, yeah. that's that's fine. They're not uh, losing out uh, there. Last lap around was a uh, was a 15.5 again, so he's under 15.4 and a 15.5. But it doesn't seem to be improving on this lap for the first sector, down a little bit. Ricky Taylor's in the pit lane. Top four cars are in the pits with uh, two and a half minutes remaining. So if they're going to go out again, they better get a hurry on. Perhaps they're not. Grounds. Maybe they're not. Maybe they think, no, right, exactly. we've done Maybe enough. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to have to check the regs because I'm not sure whether the, whether the warm-up is one of the sessions you can use your last three sets in. You might have to go back to a different set of tyres. It only, specific, point, actually, it? it only specifically mentions in the SSR, the, the supplementary regulations, yeah, only qualifying and, qualifying and race. 
So they may have to go to, well, Shea, Shea mentioned it in my ear and uh, I, I immediately went and looked at the first page uh, of the SSRs and it specifically mentions um, just those two sessions. So it means you're going to have to go back to one of the three sets that you used earlier in the weekend. So that will be brand new tyres for Chip Ganassi. Is that going to be a help or a hindrance? I suppose we'll find out after the first pit stop tomorrow. Yeah. It does mean that they've got two brand new, unused, pristine sets of Michelin tyres for that 0-1 car. Yeah, let me answer that one tomorrow. Here's a look at uh, Colin Brown there, overcooked it going into the corkscrew. He just improved last time around up to third position for Colin Brown in number 60 uh, Sirius XM Maya Shank Racing Acura. He turned a 1 minute 14.797, but uh, then tried to get, tried to carry a little bit too much speed on the last lap, lost a bit of time at, uh, at the corkscrew. But good pace here for Colin Brown. He's got one more chance to do it. Less than a minute remaining now. Oh. There's only a couple of cars out on track. Sebastian Bourdais, who did improve last time around at 15.335. So he's just over half a second off the pole time. This has been a really impressive and exciting qualifying session. Everything yeah. that we've expected. It is only Colin Brown now. This is it. It'll be checkered flag for him next time around. It's now or never for the number 60 car. Two tenths of a second from the sharp end of the field. And finds a tenth. He's on the front row, Jeremy, in fairness. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly pushing hard, no doubt about that. But I don't think it's an improvement. Yeah, it's not an improvement on the slap, but he's certainly pushing hard. He's going to. Yeah, he's going to back it off and come into the pit lane, but uh, he's certainly got plenty of confidence in, confidence in that car. He was chucking it around like it was a little toy, mm. but uh, I think he'd use the best of those Michelin tyres for this session. And uh, the chequered flag flies and pole position then for Matt Campbell. So our fourth different pole sitter this year. Daytona, it was uh, Tom Blomquist. At uh, Sebring, it was Pipa Durrani on the pole position. Last time out, for Acura, and this time the first pole for Porsche, and it's Matt Campbell. Well, following up their first victory uh, with their first pole position, and it is the number seven car. That'll, that'll rankle between those two teams, close teammates, of course, but you, you get the feeling um, that uh, Matthew Jamanier and Nick Tandy would have liked to have had that. Nick was on his way to a pole position at Rolex Daytona 24 before the gust of wind took him into the wall. Before but he binned it. Yes, absolutely. So it will be Matt Campbell, the affable Antipodean, who will be on pole position. So uh, how's how does the so how's the pole gone for for GTP this year, Jeremy? Is that the first non-Acura? Uh, no, uh, Pippa Durrani was on oh, the pole yes, at, uh, at Sebring. Yes. So we've had uh, Acura, two for Acura, one for Cadillac, and now one for Porsche as well. And uh, he, he, Matthew, uh, Matt Campbell has had one pole position before, so he, he kind of is the only one of our pole sitters today to have previously won a pole mm. in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. So uh, 
Uh, he, 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 you know, he's already shown he can get it done, but not, not, you know, this is his first pole in a prototype. So hats off here to Maddie Campbell. He, he got the pole last year at Lime Rock Park in the uh, 911 GT3R, but this is a completely different kettle of fish. So head down to Shea, down at the end of pit lane. It'll be our colleagues from NPC who jump in first of all, but good to see the Porsche getting themselves together. Shea? Porsche locking out both front rows because it's going to be a split start tomorrow. So we have two GT Porsches and then two prototype Porsches for the front row overall. It's quite exciting, and especially for Maddie and Felipe Nasser, they are fighting back in the championship, whereas their sister car is leading the championship. So for them, the 35 points for pole, it makes the gap to the cars that they are chasing just a little bit smaller. That's going to be the exciting news for them out of today. And yes, the last time Matt Campbell sat on pole position, as Jeremy rightly said, was Lime Rock, a race that they went on to uh, find victory in. So Matt will be very happy to be reminded about that as well. But this coming as a, a bit of a special opportunity because last year it was Matt's teammate, Matthew, who put the car on pole for Faf. So now Matt, in his second ever time at this track, managing to match what his teammate did last year. So kind of exciting. But uh, he doesn't even have a bead of sweat on his forehead, John. It's not exactly fair when you get drivers in. All right, it's not hot today. But he had to be working out there, especially to get ahead of some of the other drivers' names that he did. I think we're going to be about another minute, John. Okay, that's fine. We'll uh, wait out for that because this is an, an historic moment. Uh, then... with Matt Campbell. He's graduated up from the GT ranks, of course. Get in with Porsche, and it's good for your career. There's no doubt about that. Right, let's head down. Here are his thoughts. Shea Adam is with the pole sitter for tomorrow's race. Last time you were on pole, Matt, converted it to a win. It's going to be the same level of difficulty doing it with the prototype. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, going to be a different thing, for sure. But, uh, you know, starting off pole here is really, really critical. You know, it's extremely tough track, tough track to pass on. And, uh, you know, it's got really high degradation. So track position is going to be really key tomorrow. And strategy will, I think, really come into play. So uh, fantastic to be up the front. Obviously, our first pole ever for the new 963. And, uh, you know, we've made some really good improvements. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can keep the ball rolling on from Long Beach. In terms of Porsche, today is an ideal day with uh, front row lockouts for both of the classes, the split starts. How important is that going to be for you guys, the fact that it is a split start for tomorrow? You're going to catch traffic a lot sooner. Yeah, 100%. And, and this track is going to be so busy tomorrow. There's so many cars. And uh, passing, you know, even for us, is quite difficult in, in some places too, especially with the degradation. So uh, I'm sure it will be an interesting race. You know, it's great that Porsche is obviously in pole and GDD as well and, and for us. So uh, hopefully that, um, you know, means a good thing going into the race. Are you excited about the prospect of new tires at some point during the race tomorrow? You didn't get that at Long Beach. Yeah, I'm not too sure at the moment. I mean, obviously, depending on yellows and strategy, maybe Felipe already gets in at the first stop. So uh, I'll start the race, and then we'll have to assess when the first yellows come out and, and how the race plays. So uh, we know we've got a good car. Uh, we need to tune a few things up for the, for the long runs. But uh, nevertheless, we've got a really good base and fantastic to get our first pole in the 963. Congratulations. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you, Cher. Uh, down there in the pit lane, congratulations to Matt Campbell. George Kurtz is on pole position for LMP2 for Crowdstrike Racing by 
Algar Pro Racing in GTD. It's Porsche again. Three Porsche poles for tomorrow's race. Pro and GT at D. Uh, and that is Klaus Backler and Alec Udell. That's how they'll line up tomorrow. Good to have your company uh, today. But don't forget, we've got plenty more racing to come this afternoon. Thanks to Jeremy Shaw and Shay. I'm John Hindorf. More to come here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV from WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.